Hallelujah. God bless Brother Mel. We love and appreciate you, Elder. Well, let's praise him. Come on, let's get our minds back on him and give him all the praise. feel in this place tonight and uh, there is enough power there is enough of God in this place to change everything in fact let's just lift our hands and without any coaxing or coaching let's love him from the bottom of our hearts Jesus there's nobody like Jesus there's nobody like Jesus. God, we adore you and praise you and magnify your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you're everything. God, you are everything. You can get your healing right now. You can get your deliverance right now. The posturing of our spirit with faith. You can get what you need from God right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, you can. love him some more. We ought to be totally at ease in this environment right now. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I believe the next three nights you ought to have a little list of things you want to see in the Holy Ghost. If not for you personally, your children, your neighbors, this church, revival in Pueblo, revival in your local church, wherever you're from. God is able. God is able. Well, we do consider it a tremendous honor to be with you here tonight. Um, I was privileged to be asked to preach um, this rally two years ago in Garden City and uh, had a tremendous time there. And we just consider it a true honor to be with you again this weekend. Also great to be with all these men of God that are here, Bishop Elder and Brother Charles and then Brother Paul Elder 
uh, the pastor of this great congregation. And looking across this congregation, we see so many friends. Uh, Brother Carricker over here, and if I get started, uh, we'll be here for quite a while. But just great to see everybody. In fact, turn to your neighbor and shake their hand and say, good to see you tonight. I'm glad you're sitting by me. I'm glad we're in the Holy Ghost together. I believe God's going to do something. like to draw your attention tonight in the word of the Lord to the book of Genesis chapter number one and while you're turning there I want to also say last and far from least it's good to have sister Mayo with me and yes and uh, she's not she's not always able to travel with me but I appreciate so much precious brethren allowing me to be in the will of God and have my wife here hallelujah and um, yeah they probably think I'm a little better they can handle me a little bit better when she's around and uh, I'll stop right there so the insults will stop but I'm glad to be here I just love what I feel and I want to tell you, a little while ago, this, the, the worship was going up and the power of the Spirit of God was so thick in this place. I thought, you know what, I feel like I'm, I'm real close to taking a lap. And so before, before I get out of here the next three nights, I, I'm going to do some running. I'm not just running to prove anything. Every step I take, it's stomping on the devil. Some of you ought to try that. You know what your problem is? You need to just look at the devil eyeball to eyeball and say, you know what? You're going down and I'm going up. Come on, somebody right now. Let's make up in our minds that we're going to take some vengeance around here in this. Genesis chapter number 1 and begin reading in verse number 20 and God said let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven and God created great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Now whenever God began to create life forms, he spoke to its source. When he wanted fish he spoke to the sea when he wanted birds he spoke to the air 
When he wanted beasts of the field, he spoke to the ground. But when he wanted man, he spoke to himself. And as long as these creatures continued in their environment, fish in the sea, birds in the air, creeping things on the earth, man in God, they would be blessed and multiply and have dominion. Let's lift our hands and give him praise right now. Some of us need to come back to the source tonight. Come on. That's why it's not working, sir. That's why it's not working, man. We need to go back to the source. Hallelujah. Fish for the sea, fowls for the air, beasts for the field, man for God. I simply want to talk to us for a few moments tonight about flightless birds. Look at your neighbor. You heard me right. <laughs> flightless birds. Come on, not everybody's doing it. Look at your neighbor and say, flightless birds. And God bless you. You may be seated. Here in this incredible portion of Scripture, we are seeing the creation of all life forms that are to fill this incredible environment called Earth. God created it to be inhabited. It actually says that in another place in the Bible, that God created the Earth to be inhabited. And we see three different environments in these portions of Scripture. We see the sea, and we see the air, and we see the land. And in each and every one of these environments or mediums, God commanded that there would be life forms that inhabit and as we saw that God also required that they would continue to uh, multiply and replenish those environments. He commands the waters to bring forth fish, as we've already mentioned. He commanded uh, the land to bring forth cattle, beast, and creeping things. And then he commanded that the fowls of the air come forth for the divine purpose of flying in the firmament of heaven. Now, with God speaking to these sources, there is also much that goes into inhabiting and going forward and replenishing and multiplying um, those environments. Of course, to populate the sea, there has to be certain 
physical, physiological requirements for fish to be able to do that. And we are not going to get into zoology or biology or any of that ology here tonight. But you understand what I'm saying. In order for animals to exist um, on the earth, it, uh, there is certain requirements for them to be biologically be able to do that. And then when it comes to birds being able to fly in the firmament, they must have wings. Um, they must have feathers. They must be able to do um, what God has commanded that they do. And so the design is there. The environment is there. And then the design is there for them to perform that which God has required. And God, um, as I've already mentioned, he said to be fruitful and to multiply. It wasn't to just um, wander and just kind of meander through their existence. It was that they had a absolute divine design that they were to be fruitful and to multiply. They were to reproduce. They were to fill the seas. They were to fill the land. They were to fill um, the firmament. Today, these God-created creatures still exist. And um, we were up in the mountains today and saw a very large mule deer. I'm not about, I'm not so stupid that I'm going to tell you where I saw that deer uh, because I plan on going, coming up here maybe and, and shooting that deer. So I'm not going to tell you where my hunting spots are. I'm just going to tell you it was up there. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the creatures that God placed here thousands of years ago are still here. In fact, and zoologists have through time been able to make some type of calculation and it's still being added to every day, every week, every month. They are still discovering species in the world today that they have not recognized before. In fact, there are 54,000 species of fish. And so fishes have done the will of God. A dumb fish will obey God. There are 4,629 species of animals. Grizzly bears, mule deer, moles, squirrels are continuing to do the will of God. Are you doing the will of God? We can get a fish to do the will of God. We can get deer to do the will of God. But can we get human beings to do the will of God? And then there are 10,000 species of birds in the world today. And recently I was uh, reading with interest that there is a place in New Guinea. There was a very remote valley um, in an uninhabited place where they are saying that they, there are life forms in this valley that they have never discovered before. And they are, um, there's all kinds of environmentalist groups that are there that are trying to protect men from going in there and uh, making industry of that, I'm sure. But they are still to this day discovering life forms that were created thousands of years ago. Aren't you glad that you're serving a magnificent God? 
course of the last several thousand years, with all these discoveries of species and phylum and all the taxonomy and nomenclature that goes with classification of the animal kingdom, man has discovered that there are some freaks of nature. And they defy normal classification. Um, in fact, there are animals, for example, such as marsupials. And a few um, are wondering, wondering what a marsupial is. They are animals that have pouches that raise their, their young in their pouches, um, like kangaroos and the platypus, and there's several others. And these are freaks of nature because they defy regular classification. They are still mammals, but they, they have certain other attributes that, uh, that are complex and make it difficult for classification. However, with all of the multiplied examples in the animal kingdom, none is as perplexing to scientists as birds that cannot fly or flightless birds. This is one group that excels all others in their oddity. And today there are 40 species of flightless birds in the world. Some of the more common ones that we may readily recognize are the ostrich, the emu, the penguin, the kiwis, just to name a few. Uniquely, all of these birds are found in the southern hemisphere. That means the equator south. That's where all of these flightless birds are found. Science has always attempted to explain these, these birds away. They use scientific, uh, this is how they were developed, and there's this reason, and it was environmental, and they use Darwin's theory, and, and they, they spruce it up with a little bit of other theory. And basically, Darwin's theory was that, that animals would adapt and man would adapt according to environment. Hallelujah. And um, they believe that. The number one reason is, is that these birds de-evolved. It wasn't necessarily that these birds literally evolved to a higher state, but it was that these birds de-evolved. They actually went backwards according to their original design. This reason, this reasoning is based on the fact that there is a lack of predators and over, and I'm just giving you this, you know, when you get into all this environmentalist stuff and all this Darwinism stuff, you got to take it with a grain of salt, if even that amount. Come on, somebody. If you're a tree hugger tonight, you need to pray through. I, you know what? I am thinking about becoming uh, a tree hugger, Brother Carricker, and it's just because the loggers haven't got them. Well, uh, forget it. Hallelujah. But scientists believe that the reason why there are flightless birds is because there was no predators, and so they literally de-evolved. We know that God created all, all things remain the same as they were since the beginning, according to Second Peter chapter number two. We know that that is inaccurate. There are 18 species of penguins in the world today, but they have predators. 
So this flies in the face of scientific research. There are seals. Seals are one of the number one predators against penguins. They eat their eggs. They eat their young. They will attack them. There are killer whales that will eat penguins. Even ostriches, although the largest, heaviest, and fastest birds in the world, are attacked by jackals, cheetahs, and hyenas. I want the scientists to know that you do not know what you're talking about. Let's clap our hands in Jesus' name. All flightless birds tonight share some things in common. And it is that where the wings are, that they are incredibly underdeveloped. Their wings are underdeveloped in comparison to the rest of their body. Secondly, they all nest in or on the ground. And as a result, they are extreme and subjected to extreme predation. They are very vulnerable. Many species of flightless birds, in fact, are extinct today, like the dodo. The dodo bird. You thought you were calling somebody before you got saved a curse word, but that was actually a bird that is extinct in the 1800s. It was a dodo bird. These are the rarest of all animals in that they are not performing what they were created to do by God. I repeat, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life and the fowl that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. So why are they like this? Why does a penguin have a large body and small wings, wings that could never support its body weight? Why do you have an ostrich that is so large that there's no way that it could possibly get itself off the ground. I believe tonight that these freaks of nature are examples to us that when we are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, that you are not designed to just sit there. I'm not going to preach another word unless we clap our hands and give him praise. If fowls are to fly and fish are to be in the sea, and animals are to repopulate the earth. What is man to do but to give him praise and give him glory? Come on, somebody. It's time for us to get back to the source and get back to the will of God to find fulfillment in our life. Clap your hands all across this building tonight. They are an example of creatures to us that have lost their ability to enjoy what they have been created for. You and I were not created to just make money and to pursue pleasure. We were created for his pleasure and his glory and his kingdom to do his will and to give him praise. Come on, somebody. You were not created to fulfill your dreams and your plan. You were created to fulfill his dream and his, oh, come on, somebody. Come on, all across his place, let's create a praise blaze. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Our wings as born-again saints of God are the wings that are discovered through the power of prayer. I want to say that again. If you are a prayerless child of God, you are like a bird that cannot fly. And you are not doing what you were designed to do. You are not doing what God asks you to do. You are not doing what God requires you to do. Come on, on this first night of this Holy Ghost explosion, let's go back to the source and go back to the will of God. You think you've got a right to just sit there. You think you got, I'm telling you, there's a predator that will take you out of here. I need a little bit more monitor sound, man. I want to tell you, while you sit there in a Holy Ghost environment like this, there is a predator that is lurking and is looking and is waiting for you to be caught off guard so that he can overwhelm you and overcome you and take you out. Prayerlessness. is why people backslide. People don't backslide because they got lust in their life. People backslide because they quit praying and God can no longer give them the strength to battle the lust in their heart. People don't backslide because they're offended. People backslide because they quit praying and God doesn't give them the power to deal with the unforgiveness that's in their heart. People don't backslide because somebody done them wrong. People don't backslide because they didn't like the music. People, people backslide because they quit raising and elevating and flying above the problems of this world. People backslide because they do not flap their wings and wing their way into the glory and the power and the presence of an almighty God. You that are just sitting back tonight, it's time for you to flap your wings and get into the glory and get into the power and wing your way into the throne room of the almighty God. You're a sitting duck. Oh, clap your hands and lift your voice. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. If you can't praise him, we need to ask ourselves why. Maybe our wings do not support our weight, and we can no longer lift ourselves out of our dilemma, and out of our destitution, and out of our trial and out of our complexities. Prayer is the first dimension of man winging his way as the wind of the Spirit begins to move. Hallelujah. Aeronautics teaches us that just having wings is not enough, but you've got to have wind. You've got to have a breeze. And the Bible says, Hallelujah, if I will lift him up,
will blow and you will begin to fly above your problems, above your depression, above your destitution, above your trial, above your tribulation. Come on, somebody praise him. God bless you. You may be seated. Flightless bird. Not only are you at risk because you are now bound to the earth, which is a type of carnality. But their young are at risk. The very ability when Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have their nests is because the nest is God, a God-given opportunity to elevate your home above where the devil is and above where your flesh is and above where the predators are. You better learn to get yourself off the ground so your children will learn to get themselves. That's right, mom and dads. You don't want to pray. Don't expect your kids to pray. You don't want to run the aisles. Don't expect your kids to run the aisles. I thought this was a back-to-school rally. Come on, daddy. Come on, mama. You're not going to get my children, devil. You're not going to get my child. You're not going to get my sons. I'm going to build a nest off the ground. Everybody ought to clap your hands. Everybody in the building, regardless of who you are and what your background is, you need to exercise your God-given ability. Flap your wings. Come on, somebody get some redemptive lift. The other danger, Brother Charles, of not being able to get off the ground The first danger of not being able to get off the ground. The Holy Ghost has been here tonight. The Holy Ghost has been moving here tonight. The Holy Ghost has been lifting people above the cacophony of negativity in their lives. And there are still some of us here tonight that have not exercised because you are flightless. Your wings are too small. You've allowed it to de-evolve to something that God cannot bless at this time. And the first danger is that you cannot protect your young by building a nest in something else that God provided for you, which is the church, which is the branches. And that's why your children don't want to live for God. 
because they've never seen the look on daddy's face when he's winged his way out of being fired out of a job but he's now in the throne room hearing holy, holy, holy. This is why children don't want to live with God because all they hear is putting down the preacher and the pastor's always asking for this and the church is always asking for that and now they're looking for faults and they're looking for negativity and they're looking for something and they are lying in wait for the predator. Let's lift our wings. Spread your wings. And let's take flight in the wind, which is a type of the Holy Ghost is here to blow through your branches, to blow through your wings and give you redemptive lift high above the cacophony of depression and trial and negativity. Come on, Grandma. Teach those young ones what it means to get in the Holy Ghost. Come on, Grandpa. Teach those young ones what it means to get into the throne room. Freaks of nature. Not doing what they were designed to do. Not choosing to do what they were designed to do. The second danger of being flightless. The first one is that the family life is attached to the ground. The second one is, is that their perception is always at the level of carnality. A penguin has never gotten a hundred feet off the ground and can see that, hey, there's higher ground over here. An ostrich has never flown into the stratosphere with the vultures to find out that there's water over this way. Their perspective is always limited. It's always one dimension. It's, they're always looking one way. They're always looking in one dimension. They're never able to get above their problems. They're never able to get a different perspective. They're never able to see it from God's perspective. And they think that this is just the way it is. Let's lift our hands. Come on, lift your wings, child of God. Satan, you are not going to make me a casualty. Satan, you are not going to turn me into a freak of nature. Satan, you are not going to strip me of my stars and stripes. Satan, you are not going to clip my wings. Satan, you are not going to steal my halo. Satan, you are not going to ruin my parade. I'm going to fly again. I'm reaching for somebody tonight. It's been a while since you've seen things from a higher revelation. Lay your hand over on the shoulder of somebody and begin to pray for them right now. This isn't a religion. This isn't just another group. This is God's training, teaching us how to fly. Because the day is going to come that we will rise to meet him in the air. You've got to learn how to fly now if you're ever going to rise to meet him in the air.
Every single hand in this building ought to be raised. Teach me how to fly. Teach me to fly. Come on, teach me to fly. Even the Wright brothers taught me that I got to do something. I got to make some movement. I got to go into the wind, but the wind will lift me up. The wind will take me where God wants to take me. I know you're bitter, but flap your wings. I know you're in the trial of your life, but still flap your wings. I know you've been hurt. You didn't do it. You didn't deserve it, but still flap your wings. You've got to see it from God's perspective. And if you can get to that altitude, you'll see it like pieces of a puzzle. It'll fit. It'll make sense. You will understand all things. I am not going to be a freak of nature. I've made my mistakes. I've dropped the ball. I've failed God. I've done so many things. But bless your heart. Thank God I have not quit praying. Don't you dare quit praying. You'll lose your wings. Don't you quit praising. You'll lose your wings. You know what I'm talking about. But we've allowed carnality to so complex our thoughts and bitterness so complicate our spirits that we cannot pray through. We cannot pray through. And we think that this is just the way it's supposed to be. Thirdly, the first danger is, is that your home life We'll never get beyond carnality. Secondly, your danger is that your perspective remains one-dimensional. And thirdly, like penguins, we all begin to seek out others that are also flightless. And we find strength and solace with somebody else that's bitter and somebody else that's been done wrong and somebody else that don't give when the pastor begs for giving and somebody else that won't pray and somebody else that won't fast and somebody else that won't commit and now we hide in numbers thinking that we're right through numbers let's lift our hands and let's ask God to help us tonight not become freaks of nature the reason why they're south the reason why they're in the southern hemisphere is because that's down it's down it's at the bottom of the world it's underneath it's at the bottom I don't want to be at the bottom of God's creation I don't want to be at the bottom of the barrel I don't want to gravitate to men of lowest state I want to gravitate towards excellence and purity and commitment and faithfulness and glory
I want to live in the northern hemisphere. I want to fly with the eagles. I want to fly with the falcons. I want to soar in the spirit. I want to gravitate to revelation. I want to gravitate to understanding. I want to have knowledge in all things. The Holy Ghost is here to help you today. Come on, lift your hands. Don't bail out on God. God is here to reach for you tonight. You have to learn how to fly. If you're going to make it in the rapture, you got to learn how to fly now. If you're going to soar over the devil then, you got to soar over the devil now. If you got to rise over your tribulation in that day, you're going to have to learn to get over your tribulation in this day. If you're going to have to learn to get over your depression then, you're going to have to learn to get over your depression now. Come on, clap your hands and give him praise. Let's create some wind. Let's bring some redemptive lift into this building. Let's bring some elevation. Let's bring some Holy Ghost wind into this building. I will not be a freak of nature. You must learn to fly here and fly now. It's like people that say, well, I'm waiting for the rapture. Not understanding that built into the wonderful experience of the rapture. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Everybody said change. change. Everybody say change. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But if you're not being changed here now, that change on the rapture, it's just a continuation of the change that's in your life now. And that's when we put on immortality. That's when we put on everlasting. Come on, somebody. You can't just be sitting here saying, I hope I make the rapture. You've got to be in a constant state of development and process awaiting immortality. Point number two is that you need to be exercising your wings now. I had a man call me a couple years ago. He said, Pastor, he said, I'm struggling with lust. I said, welcome to the human race. Oh, I know. Well, if we're so holy and we're so pure, we're not supposed to have problems. You're going to have problems. But the holy saint of God rises above. What I need is the Holy Ghost to get me above, beyond. You can live a lifestyle of flying. You can live a lifestyle. 
style as an eagle. You don't have to be a penguin. You don't have to be a freak of nature. You can live as an eagle and learn to fly in the updraft of God. Somebody that's honest with their predicament and experience is a person that says, I have a problem. But instead of backsliding and capitulating and retreating, it's time to get my wings out and let the Holy Ghost get me into the spirit. Get me out of here, God. Get me out of here, Jesus. Get me away from this, Jesus. And that's what the rapture is. It is a continuation of the exercising of our wings until that day, the sound of the trumpet. We which are alive and remain shall rise to meet him in the air. You better learn to fly now if you expect to be there on that day. You better learn to flap your wings now. You're in training. Come on, somebody, flap your wings. Come on, somebody praise him. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, somebody get some lift. Come on, Grandma, get your wings out of retirement. Come on, Grandpa, get your wings out. You used to get Bible studies. What happened? You used to pray for hours. What happened? I got two answers for us tonight. Maybe you've suffered tragedy. I've stood on this platform and I felt in the Holy Ghost that there is a diabolical attack against families in this church. You see, we're living in a world that if they don't get their answer, they're out the door. Now, it is a known fact that I used to be a falconer when I was a teenager. I've had numerous hawks and falcons and hunted with them, so I understand a little bit about ornithology or bird behavior. And one thing that's common among all predatory birds is, is that when their youngs pass the stage of being fledglings, and they move to the time where it's time to get out of the nest. That the adult father and mother will bring food to the nest, but will not come all the way to the nest. They begin to encircle the nest. And this is their way of getting the young out of the nest. Well, Brother James, the time's coming. When that new convert shine, God says, all right, it's time for chapter 2. And so you're going to come to church, and all of a sudden I ain't going to feel God. Anybody else honest here tonight? God can't help us if we're not honest. I remember, I remember coming to church and going from saint to saint and said, what's going on? They said, well, what's the matter with you? I, I was running the aisles. By the minute that drum snapped to the very last service, it didn't matter if they was announcing uh, funerals. I was running. 
I didn't have good sense. Hopefully I matured a little bit. And all of a sudden, God said, it's time to grow up to the next stage. And so God had to slightly, momentarily cut me off. And God was there. But he wanted me to seek him. He wanted me to pursue him. They that wait upon the Lord shall rise. Come on, somebody, clap your hands. God hasn't forsaken you. God's wanting you to seek him. God's wanting you to get in the atmosphere. God's wanting you to get out of the nest of complacency and get to the next level. They shall rise to newness of strength and with the wings of... With the wings of... Clap your hands and give it praise. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to follow after. I'm going to wait on the Lord. One more time, let's lift our hands. That's what's going on, ma'am. For, for years, you've been waiting for God to do it. And really, God's been waiting on you. Because God refuses to leave you in your immaturity and in your incompleteness. But it's your move now. It's your move. It's your move. And they that wait upon the Lord. I'll never forget. And I'm just about ready to wrap this up. When I got saved, 21 years ago, there was a man in my home church that was the most anointed service leader I've ever met in my life. I've never seen anybody, excluding my pastor, It was just a little while after I got rooted and grounded <clears throat> that I began to hear things in my innocent spiritual naiveness. I didn't understand some things. But I just left it alone and left it to God. And this man that was a service leader that was the most I've never seen anybody. I've been on I've been in, in the same room with people from heavy metal bands, Black Sabbath and all these groups. And one service leader under the anointing of the Holy Ghost blew the entertainment industry out of my life. But it was just a little while that I heard that this man that had made such a great impression on me was soliciting other men's wives and inappropriately making contact. And he backslid started a painting business I was painting Brother Bob's Bertram's house and this man came in and he was talking about saving the whales and saving the birds saving the environment that was created for man 
he had lost contact with the source. And I talked to him. I said, I won't mention his name. It doesn't matter. But I asked him, I said, what happened? <laughs> with tears in my eye, what happened? He went from being so mildly used to God. Now you're talking about saving a whale. This is what he told me. I quit praying. Let's lift our hands. In this hour, there's one thing. You can afford to lose a job. You can afford to lose a car. You can afford to lose your house. But you cannot afford to lose your prayer life. You will become a freak of the church. I cannot tell you how many examples and stories I've got tonight of people that were at one time trophies of grace but are now on their way to a hot, belching nightmare of reality. And it all boils down to one thing. Was it immorality? Maybe that was a factor. Was it somebody offended? Maybe that was a factor. But the bottom line was, Brother Memphis, they lost their prayer life. And they became prey. Became an emblazoned, emboldened, embossed freak of the history of that church. Maybe you're here tonight. Listen to me carefully. Give me two minutes and I'm done. Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, how do I get my prayer life back? Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, how can I get back into the atmosphere with God again? You see, the prince of the power of the air is Lucifer himself. And his minions are called the fowls of the air. And the only way that Satan can stop the operation of the church is to get, sabotage your attempt to go through that spiritual atmosphere to the throne. And so when your, vo your voice is silenced and you don't exercise your wings, Satan dominates that realm of activity. And yes, you're here in body, but spiritually you are not an operative any longer. You are classified as a casualty. Not because God won't do it, but because you don't understand and you are satisfied to stay on the ground. You can't do spiritual warfare. Your prayers don't change anything. Your pitiable little cries to God. God would love to answer them, but God is expecting more from you because you've been around longer. God demands that we operate according to knowledge. We cannot regress into infancy. And that is exactly where the charismatic and the denominational world is. They want to leave everybody on the same wavelength. A spiritual form of communism, but God will have sons. 
and God will have daughters that know how to operate where the prince of the power of the air is and said, I'm going to get through his missiles. I'm going to get through his lies. I'm going to get through them. And I'm going to the throne. And God will answer. And God will heed. Come on. Come on, church. We've got to get beyond. We've got to wing our way into the throne room of God Almighty. Keep on praying. Keep on praising. Satan, we're coming. Satan, we're coming into your realm. Christian Growth Center is coming at you. We're not bound to carnality. We're not bound to this perspective. Our homes are not destroyed. We're coming at you. You're here tonight. And you're saying, Brother Mayo, I'm convinced that I need to get my prayer life back. Will you meet resistance? Of course you'll meet resistance. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Everything you attempt to do for God will be met with resistance. It's the natural law of ebb and flow in the spirit. But it's worth it. Look at your neighbor and say, it's worth it. My kids are worth it. My husband is worth it. My grandkids are worth it. My unsaved spouse is worth it. This lost community is worth it. Come on, look at somebody. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it, brother. It's worth it. 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 Oh, clap your hand if you believe it's worth it. You are more powerful than you think. You've got more power than you understand. Yes! All right, Brother Mayo. I want my prayer life back. I want my dedication back. I want my consecration back. I want my commitment back. Listen to me closely. Listen to me closely. The entire embodiment of the manifestation of God in flesh. One of the aspects of that was for the healing of the total man. The healing of our spirits. The healing of our minds and the healing of our flesh. But what we need here, what we need here, is we need a healing of our wings. If you need healing for your wings, I want you to lift your hands. Somebody offended you, and you allowed it to keep you from praying. Somebody sinned, and it stole your willingness to pray, and you just let it just fizzle away. But you want it back tonight. Come on, be honest with God. Come on. All of us have children that need a praying parent. All of us know family members that are lost and undone. All of us know we need to be praying diligently. 
in the hour in which we are living in the hour in which we are living with the proliferation of entertainment with electronics and technology and the overwhelming carnality to drive the church to work two jobs and earn more money and pay off another credit card and pay off this till we get so stretched that we don't pray we are in that hour listen to me listen to me please don't respond Jesus already saw you tonight Jesus already saw this day he described this day for behold the day cometh that shall burn as an oven and all the proud yes and all that do wickedly shall be stubble and the day that cometh shall burn them up saith the Lord of hosts that it shall not leave them neither root nor branch but unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings in this hour on the precipice of the day of the Lord if you don't think we are nearing the day of the Lord you just need to pick up a newspaper friend and see what's going on in the Middle East and God is trying to awake the church that if you cannot pray if somehow you've lost it I will arise and I will bring healing in my wings lift your hands and give him praise And you shall go forth, and you shall grow up as calves of the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the days that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. God is here to heal your wings. I want us to close your eyes and lift your hands. I don't know if I've ever been in an altar call like what, we're, like what we're getting ready to make here in just one moment. Please, nobody looking around right now. Please, everybody cooperating together. The level of honesty that this scripture that I read in your hearing tonight requires. He came to heal one thing tonight. And that was your ability to pray and to pray. You know who you are. You've sat in the back for weeks and months thinking that God has passed you by. But this is for you tonight. You used to teach Bible studies. You used to be on fire, but you made a mistake. And you've allowed the devil's lies to define you and steal the prophecies of your life. Jesus did not come here to heal any other thing tonight but your wings because you are not created to live in carnality and singleness of vision and the complaining murmuring of fellow penguins but he called you to be an eagle and so without any further delay wherever you are please every eye closed this is a time for total transparency and total honesty if you need healing for your wings I want you to come down to the front this is not a mass altar call please just stand sir please just stand God bless you I'm glad you're here
You're in the will of God tonight being here. This is not a mass altar call. This is for healing of your wings. Please just spread out all across the front. Come, come up, come up closer because others are going to be coming behind. You're not praying. You don't know what's going on. And you're, you're, you're not praying like you used to. And you don't care about it anymore. I'm not saying you're a bad person. You're not a bad person. That is not what this is about. We need to get rid of our Phariseeism so God can heal us. I want you to pack into this altar and make your supplications known to a God that cannot lie and a God that cannot fail and a God that will always deliver. This is one thing that God says, I will always heal because the prayers of my people fuel the kingdom. Come on. Come on, lift your hands. You got to lift your hands. Those are your wings. Lift your wings. Like the eagle. They shall run and not be weary. Don't sit back if you need healing. Come on. This is for you. Come on. Teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to pray. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now that your wings are spread, begin to praise Him, begin to exalt Him. That's where it starts. Like the eagle. If I'll lift him, he'll lift me. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. It's coming back. It's coming back. Stay on it. Stay after it. Keep your wings spread. Keep your voice towards heaven. Teach me, Lord, to pray. They that wait. Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like the eagle. They shall run and never be weary. They're going to walk and not. Oh, teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to pray. Oh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like he goes, they shall run and never be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. Teach me love. Teach me love. Teach me love.